When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura, and belted into the net. Brilliant goal! On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line. Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best. Welcome to another new Spurs Order pod. I'll be your host once again, X-Pac. Joined for a lively stream tonight by two lovely co-hosts, as it stands. First up, Kevin Nyash. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm testing the angles today. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. I'm getting that back in blood, by the way. We don't expect anything less. <laughs> Ash, how are you doing? We still need to get you um, a kind of NWO, WWE-esque name. I don't know if you wanted to kind of self-proclaim and put another name forward. but Yeah, I haven't yeah. really thought of that yet, but I'll think of it in the, in, in the coming no, he's, he's been anointed already, man. He's been anointed already. We'll, 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 we'll release that one uh, in due course, Doc. <laughs> well, I, look forward, I look forward to it. Fair enough. And how are you doing generally anyway? Yeah, not too bad, man. Surprisingly, I don't know. I'm I'm not really feeling I'm like I'm not really feeling nervous for this. I, I'm not saying it in, in a way that like I expect us to go there and just, you know, pop them off the park. I'm not really feeling nervous about this derby, I'm not gonna lie. Normally I do get the nerves a few days before. I'm not really feeling that for some reason. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. And we'll get into that. Um, firstly, it feels like a long time ago since we actually last played. Obviously, not being in Europe now, we've got a sense of just playing one game a week and it just feeling like a, just a very long time. I've only really just stopped watching all the videos from 
all of the limbs and everything else from the Sheffield United game. But Ash, I guess I'll start off with you. Obviously, how did you feel going into that Sheffield United game? And how did you feel about, obviously, the first half where we looked like we struggled to break them down? Do you know what the funny thing is? I, I was speaking to one of my mates like a day or two before. And then he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to smash them and it's going to be minimum three goals. Mm. And I remember I was saying, because I, I remember I was saying before, in, in the build-up, even on spaces, I was saying, I don't, I think this, for me going into that game, I was thinking that that's going to be our first proper test against a proper low block. Like no one else that we faced up until Sheffield really played a low block like that, right? True. So I was kind of, interested not really concerned but more sort of interested to see how are we going to deal with and i'm talking like a fil proper filthy low block right so i was kind of interested to see how how are we gonna um how are we gonna approach the game how are we gonna chip away obviously i wasn't even till now i'm not really confident in our forwards not really maybe one or two of them yeah they can they're all right but i'm you know i'm not really that confident in our forwards, so I was. It was interesting. I was interested to see how they would do, how how we would keep chipping away, because obviously, you know, against these low blocks, you just have to keep digging, digging, and digging until you eventually break the lock. So, first half, I, I get it. It's frustrating. Do you know what I mean? But it, people got to understand. It's no get games are like that. Sometimes it happens to Man City, right? They play against low blocks. They don't. They come away with sweaty 1-0 wins and it happens. But I'm glad we got the win. Obviously, their goal was just, mate, you can't do, can't really do anything about that. It's just like one of those pot fluke shots goes into the bottom corner. But yeah, we, we I, I like the way that we carried on fighting till the end. Even even right at the end, you know, two, three minutes before uh, when we scored that goal, you know, pressing high up the pitch, non-stop pressing, constantly trying to go for it. So yeah, man, it was it was a good win. Fair enough. Papa Blankson saying for this type of low block, you would love to obviously have a Ben Sanker available. That's in the ideal for any game, to be fair. Or start the Celso with Madison. No, <laughs> no, stop it. Fair uh, enough. Miss me, miss me no. with that. Sorry, respectfully, no. respectfully, no, no. Lacelso. Um, I, I, I do think I do think it's interesting that like people focus so much on the low block because I feel like we held territorial advantage throughout the whole game. That that was a given, but. I didn't really have an issue with the quality of the chances that we created in the first half. We still had, we pretty much had identical XG over both halves anyway. But all of our shots were right at the keeper. That that has nothing that's to do with that's true. The quality has of nothing shots. to do with uh, chance yeah. creation. That's chance conversion. No, that is so, true. So it's one of those things: seven shots on target in a half, thirteen in total. I mean. Law of averages say that at least one of them goes to the left or the right of the keeper, but I'm pretty sure the majority of them were directly at uh, what's what's his name again? Um, it's their goalkeeper's name. Not that it's important because they're right. Yeah. Um, so you're saying we didn't test the angles to, enough? To ring them exactly. We didn't test the angles enough. So <laughs> I noticed so that as well. Like a lot of the shots we had were just not good quality shots. Precisely, and and. I find it. I also find it interesting that, like, in the lead up to the season, whenever anyone identified what type of player we needed to go to market for, they mentioned someone like Madison who can unpick a low block. That's not how you unpick a low block, unfortunately. 
Madison is the type of player that will stretch a team who uh, allows us to have runners in behind. But in this type of scenario, I expected to see a little bit more from the inverted wingbacks or fullbacks, I should say, because the only criticism I did have in terms of our chance creation over the first half was the fact that we didn't really use the underlapping runs that much. We didn't really fill all five channels. We were just sort of in front in front of uh, Sheffield. And a lot of our cross, uh, our cross quality was particularly poor as well. I think we had, over the course of the game, about 32 crosses, completed seven. And like, we've got some good crosses at the ball. Odogi's a good crosser. Uh, Poro's a good crosser. Kulisewski's a good crosser. Sun's a good crosser. Nothing was sticking. So I, I feel like it was more of a case of if, if I was going to nitpick on chance creation, it would be the quality of the crossing. And then overall, in terms of conversion, it was just a case of everyone was shooting like they were in flipping uh, goals or something. Like everything was just at the at the keeper. It's like no no precision, no no incision, just pure pot shots, and it was pretty poor poor standard to be perfectly honest. When you touched upon the inverted runs, there was you was you criticizing the quality of the runs itself, or just uh, like. Just our bravery and not, uh, not lack of bravery and be able to hit the runners. I think I think it's more so the hitting of the runners because I think the system is is pretty pretty systematic at the minute. To be perfectly honest, like you know what you know where players are going to arrive at certain points, and I'd I'd point out Solomon in particular, who just in terms of his attributes, everyone always bangs on about having 1v1 players and all of that stuff, but he is literally Lucas Moro reincarnate. The the build-up into getting it, or the build-up to get into good positions is quality, and then the ability to just look up for that split second and create the opportunity for somebody else is extremely lacking. And it's still early in his Spurs career, but I don't feel like he's the ideal uh, fit for that left-hand side and it is a shame that Perisic is now injured uh, because I think as soon as he came on we started to see the pitch spread a little bit more uh, there was a lot more width and obviously his quality in terms of delivery uh, showed immediately for the Richarlison goal albeit from a corner but again it's still a completed a completed cross in essence so I think uh, I agree with the Solomon thing uh, the thing for me is the reason why I'm a little bit calm about it is because although he's starting games now I think he started the last two or whatever I'm very confident that he is not the long term plan for this for the for the first team anyway. I'm I'm pretty confident that we will next summer we will we will address that position. We will address the full we, we I'm pretty confident we'll sign a a forward next summer that is gonna come in and and, and start I have, I, I, for me, I've, I've, I, I don't mind Solomon being like in the squad as a backup option. I, I just, obviously, now our squad is quite thin, guys are injured, so he's going to start games. But I'm pretty confident that he's not going to be the main guy going forward. So yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like there's, there's, there's a fear that he'll be the long term solution. It's just while, while we're in this situation where he is, yeah, it's not ideal. Um, yeah, and there, there, there were a few, there were a few other players over the course of the game that weren't necessarily on, on job. I think Adogi struggled in the first half, breaking the breaking the press, 
we know that he likes to drive forward with the ball as opposed to pass out, but I feel like he was a little bit too one trick, one trick pony. Um, that got remedied in the second half where he, he was arguably one of the best players on the pitch in the second half. Um, and I feel like Poro, Poro for all of his attributes, I know we've, we've had civil war in our group chat uh, because anytime Poro gets mentioned, Emerson follows or vice versa. But um, in all honesty, I feel like he, he played a decent enough game. It's just when you are looking to break down a low block and when you do need uh, the ball in the wide areas to come in with precision and real intensity, I didn't really see that from Poro and I felt he was quite passive where there were opportunities for him to really uh, show why he's in the team uh, with line-breaking passes as well as uh, cross-quality. So those would be my only two gripes is that we didn't really get enough out of out of some of these players that could uh, help us uh, create better chances. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, um, just for context and what you just said, Sai here is the, probably the, the leader of what's formed as the EDL no, in the group no, chat. No, no. The, the hey, hey, relax, risky. relax, 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 relax. <laughs> I said that on purpose. <laughs> risky one, risky one. Um, yeah, the Emerson Defence League has been rife. There's been so much debate over Poro and Emerson in the group chat, which I mean, it hasn't really been a talking point amongst like general Spurs, that fandom and talk, um, especially on football Twitter, but we seem to have a debate on it every single day. Um I noticed a bit of a switch going into the second half where I saw, well, for what I could see, I thought Kulizewski was more inverted in the first half with Poro kind of being out wide and they seemed to switch in the second half. Did you guys pick up on that at all? Because mm-hmm. I noticed um, a big change in Kulizewski's performance right from the start of the second half. I felt like he was getting the ball earlier and in wider positions and he was able to actually try and fix what was a bit of a problem out on that right-hand side, whereas it kind of just seemed to just die every time it went out there, whereas second half, we just seemed to just funnel the ball straight out there. Um, obviously, unlucky with some of his actions, because he got a few good shots off, created a few good openings, but fortunately, couldn't break them down, and then, um, yeah, they scored from the corner, and at this point, I don't want to touch upon the uh, the time wasting or the penalty situations too much because they're kind of up in the air and I'm not even sure about the whole Madison penalty uh, situation anyway. But um, that's a definite penalty. It was a pen. That's a definite penalty. Where, where, where's this? Where's this diplomacy coming from, Owen? Man, come on, you know it's a pen. I don't think it was, um, and I didn't think the Sabolsai, um penalty in Liverpool's first home game was a penalty. I didn't think the the penalty we conceded against Brentford again on the first week was a penalty. So I'm just kind of keeping the same energy with that. So I, I just didn't think it was in real game time a penalty. I think it's a bit soft. I don't necessarily think it was a clear outright foul by Sheffield United's player on Madison. But um more to the point, I just think we should have just done a bit better from open play in the first place. Like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave the game to refereeing decisions. Would it have favoured us heavily if we got a penalty decision? Yes. But yeah, I, I just didn't want to see us rely on that against a team which 
are struggling and have injuries and are still pretty much a championship team who dunked us out of the FA Cup last season. But yeah, they scored, they made it 1-0 and then Ange was forced into some changes. Um, confident that he would get uh, 10 minutes, give or take, uh, at a time. How did you, um, or what did you make of his changes? Do you not think he, he could have made them earlier, Ash? Or... No, I thought he was, was very brave of them because I was thinking... Why haven't you made these earlier? So it was it was a brave call. Obviously, it worked worked out for him in the end, which is you know you, you kind of just got to say fair play. But I think even even in his previous games, his subs have his subs have been good. His subs have definitely been good. Uh, and just touching on your previous point about um, you know not having to win it uh, by by getting controversial decisions, I I, I think at the moment. Obviously, we're still learning this new system that he wants to play, right? So it is going to take them the players' time to 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 be in a situation where they're in full flow. I think right now we're just kind of getting used to the system. It's going to take a bit of time. So I think I, I can let certain things slide like this, where we should we should be doing. We see the opposition. We think we should be doing better. I I can kind of let these things slide, but hopefully, as time goes on, we get better and better. Um, obviously get a bigger squad, which allows for more rotation, more game changes off the bench. So I think for now, I think, yeah, I I, I wouldn't look at that game too much and with, with, with any sort of worries, really. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And what did you make of uh, Angie's in-game changes, Sai? Because I, I felt like he probably could have made them earlier if I'm being critical, but it turned out to be bang on, perfect. So, Yeah, I think, I think he... he has done a good job at establishing uh, at least two options for pretty much every role. Um, and that, that that's critical. If you are going to uh, navigate through a full league campaign, you need players that can come in and understand what's expected of them. And so far over the course of the season, we're five games in and every game there has been a substitute cameo that has contributed to the overall result. And four wins and one draw like there's there's very little to complain about. So um I have no qualms. I, I do find it interesting that we won once Emerson came on the pitch. Uh, but that's that's agenda man coming into into flow. Um but no, uh in all seriousness, I I I, I know that people always nitpick about making changes earlier, but I think that that is more of a symptom of a manager that trusts his system and trusts the players than I'd I'd prefer that that type of approach as opposed to someone always being reactionary, like say a Jose and ripping guys off after 33 minutes of a game and are still going on and losing <laughs> like, and then that player just being shot of confidence for the next six months. Like I'd prefer you know, you, a more you know one, approach. Do you know one thing I've noticed with Angie? And obviously, you know, there, there's so many things that we don't know. Or we don't see about the game that they see, but I just feel that so far, the subs that I've been thinking in my head, he's been making them. He's your manager, yeah? Huh? <laughs> he's your manager, yeah? No, but do, do you get it? Like, you know, sometimes <laughs> with Conte, actually. like, he'd make a sub and in my head, I'm just like, what are you, like, I can't understand this. But I think with Ange so far, like, yeah, I, I would agree with all the subs that he's made so far. I can't remember what game it was. Uh, so it was Brentford first game. Then it was... Bournemouth. That was, was it. it Bournemouth? Man I think I think it was the Bournemouth game where his subs changed the game. 
Yes. I can't remember. Yeah. Was it Bournemouth? Bournemouth away was one of them, yeah. Yeah, Bournemouth away is where his subs changed the game. Hooked with Charleston um, on like 60 minutes after he had a strike. Yeah. And, um, but obviously it sucks now that Perisic is... Because for me, he's probably the biggest game changer we had. Fair. So, yeah, that's yeah. a big blow. That's a big blow, man. That is a big, big blow. 100%, yeah. Perisic, is he doing his ACL? 34 years old. Probably out for the season. Um, How did he do... What, like, what is that? They said it was a no, a no, no contact injury. Yeah. <laughs> what? But that guy's a weird... He's a weird guy. Like, he came back from the World Cup last year and then started playing for us within, like, a week of coming back. And It was at least a week early from when he was actually meant to be coming back. And we know how much extra time Croatia just love playing. And then, um, yeah, after all of that extra time he'd been playing, he'd be coming back. And then we saw what happened to Bentancur as well. We've been seeing what's been happening with knee injuries from players in the Prem, and then that just happens to Mate, him. there's been a, 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 an alarming amount of ACL injuries across all leagues this season. <laughs> an alarming amount. Yeah. Timber... Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, that's a good old segue, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get onto that in a minute. Um, just to wrap up uh, the Sheffield United game, like obviously we saw what the winning goal was. We saw the limbs. Um, we cheered. We all cheered Richie that, didn't we? We all cheered it. Um, no, no. But no, just to rewind didn't. a little bit, hey, hey, hey. No um. What did we think of Brennan Johnson's impact? I think yeah, he loved quality he's... off the bench, man. I, I, I genuinely, I know it's it's a little bit nasty at how 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 fast the Delhi comparisons happened because you know tall, light skinned guy with uh, a little taper fade, curly. They almost fade. sound the same yeah. as well. If you take away the accent, they actually like uh, it is weird. But yeah, you know, no, I, I think that comparison just came from the goal that I think you know very. Kind of similar to Delhi. It was Johnson. extremely like Delhi had scored that goal about four or five times in his Spurs career. Like yeah. that piece is apt. It's just the rest of it is a little bit, a little bit Spursy. I can't lie, man. And we're we're changing what Spursy means because you know, like coded, you know. <laughs> uh, we'll be but changing yeah. it tomorrow for sure. But no, he looked, um, he looked, he looked, he looked good. No, he, I, he, I, he, I he looked lively. Good. He looked like he definitely did look lively. He looked lively, but for me, it's just like how many, how many options now we got off the bench. Let's talk about bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. If everyone starts, what, Brendan Johnson, who else we got that can come on and do something? Hoybjerg. Come off it, man. As an eight. He's no. better than Captain Cobham. 
I mean, event- eventually we'll have Saar coming off the bench when Benton calls back, who I think can contribute. Uh, yeah, so you've got Saar. But... Brian Gill, you got... Listen, I- I'm looking at Gill and like you've got to give me... Hill, Hill. Hill, Brian Hill. Hill. I'm looking at Hill, yeah. You got to give me something, man. Like, pause. He might, he might give you. He might give you pause. a, 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 a what? <laughs> whoa, whoa. whoa, You want a yellow but submarine from him? He's like, bro. Do you know what it is? I don't like being too harsh, but for me, I'm I'm sorry. This is it now. Like, if you if you don't if you don't if he can't now step up, it's it's time to step out. Step up or step out. Like I'm not. I like I like Hill. I like his attributes, but there's no more excuses now. So when he comes back from injury, obviously he's probably not going to start every game. But when he comes on, I need to see. He's not going to start any games, bro. Yeah, he, he probably won't start many <laughs> games. But what I'm saying is, when you come on the pitch, I need you to influence the game somehow. You can't just be this, you know, fringe player your whole your whole Spurs career, like. For me, it's up until now, until January. If he ain't cutting it, right? Even if he cut, if he comes back, let's say in the next two weeks, yeah, next three weeks. If up until now in January, if his substitute appearances are just not really cutting it, I think we just move it. For me, it makes sense to move him on in January and then go and get a replacement in January. We'll see what uh, Big Ange has for him. Like Touchy Gunas have coined the phrase uh, ARP. We we have our own ARP, so we'll, we'll see what happens with Hill, with Brennan. Uh, there's a potential other option we could use for the North London Derby, but I want to introduce our North London Derby guest first. I see we're now joined by Art DeRoche. Um, I see journalist from The Athletic, covers Arsenal and is a football manager hedonist. <laughs> But other than that, good evening, sir. How you doing? Uh, good evening. I'm glad to be here. And yeah, really kind of funny way to join the chat. Um, it, it yeah brought a smile to my face. I thought it was quite funny. But um, yeah, um, hopefully I can bring some insight for you guys. I know um, probably don't read my stuff because it's all Arsenal-based, but um, that's no problem. And uh, yeah, glad to be on. No, but we like uh, we like a bit of debate here, and um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, are Arsenal going to keep a clean sheet at the Emirates? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good opening question. I I personally don't think it's going to come this weekend. Um, I just don't quite have, um, I guess, uh, that faith in in a clean sheet coming. Um, because when you look at how they've performed at home, it is really just lapses of lapses of concentration um, that creep in early in games as well. I don't know how they kind of flick a switch when they go away from home, because as I'm sure everyone knows, they've kept, I think it's more clean sheets than anyone in the Premier League since the start of last season away from home. Um, but at the Emirates, it is a different story. So for me, I, I, I don't see them keeping a clean sheet, which is probably not great from an Arsenal perspective. But hopefully uh, for you guys and for the neutrals as well, it makes for some entertaining viewing. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how you line up. Obviously, you have the new uh, number one keeper now. Um, 
he's into full, uh, full swing of things. He's on the back of a clean sheet, so that might give you guys some confidence. Uh, how do you expect Arsenal to to line up, given now Jesus is back? You've got the Havertz conundrum and the centre-back. Is, is Mar- Just to confirm, Martinelli's injured, right? Pretty much, yeah. So uh, Arteta was asked about it this morning and he did his whole kind of just playing it cool kind of thing. But when uh, he came off against Everton, he said it was a hamstring injury. So I doubt, <laughs> highly doubt I that. I doubt he, he'll start anyway. That. He might be on the bench, but it's yeah. probably unlikely he starts. So it'll probably be Trossard, yeah. Jesus and um, Saka. Yeah, so I I feel like it, it. I wouldn't be shocked if it was unchanged from the PSV game. Um, the only position that I feel could have... I guess a potential rotation or changes that left eight slot um, where obviously Havertz plays. So um, Vieira started there against Everton. I don't think he's okay. But yeah, so this is the big thing when those debates come. I think um, people aren't quite there physically, I guess, with Vieira. Um, That's what I was going to say. I think if you had Vieira... Odegaard, you're kind of lacking a bit of physicality in that midfield, especially if you're coming up against Pape Sa and Basuma. I think he'd probably want, I think he'll probably be Havertz. Yeah, so that that is the one position basically where I think there is a big decision to be made. Do you Obviously, know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he does party Rice and Odegaard. I wouldn't so be surprised. Partey's injured at the minute. Oh, he's he injured? Out. Yeah, he's out for a few a few more weeks at least. Okay, um, so, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I think that probably could have been something that he could have done. Um, it's something he did in the Community Shield against Manchester City. So you kind of saw there was, I guess, a kind of approach he wanted for those bigger games. Um, but going into this one, yeah, either Havertz, Vieira um, as that left eight. And then aside from that, it would probably be Raya, White, uh, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Erdegaard, Rice, Havertz or Vieira, and then Saka, Jesus and Trossard. So um, that's what I'd expect to see on Sunday. Yeah, that's fair. And is that, I mean, you've spoken on uh, View from the Lane earlier. I listened to that on my little commute and well, up you popped. I didn't even see that in the description, but I was just like, oh, okay, that'll be interesting to see his take. And there seems to be still, a, obviously, a fair bit of arrogance from Arsenal fans. And yeah, um, obviously, confidence about beating us at the Emirates because we haven't obviously done anything in the league at the Emirates for a, over a decade, which is um, quite heartbreaking. Well, we've got our, our next VDB coming up. I think it's 30 uh, years, right? 13, 1-3. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> <laughs> 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 we've, we've won there once in 13 years, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was in the it. Van der Vaart one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the three, it was the 3-2. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kabul header, I remember, yeah. Can't forget that. I've got to say, playing in Europe didn't seem to affect Arsenal at the start of the season um, last year, but obviously playing in Europe... This week, and Odegaard played ninety minutes. Saka played seventy, I believe. Do you think that will kind of have any kind of bearing on on the game at all? Given Spurs will be fresh. <laughs> uh, I personally don't think so. It's quite an interesting um, 
debate when it comes to how much time players need between games. I remember um, there was a point, it may not have been last season, but the season before, where Arsenal didn't have a game for about 10 days. And people said, oh, this is great. They're going to be so fresh going into the next game. And they were just so rusty. Um, So I think the thinking behind playing such a strong team against PSV was basically, okay, one, get three points on the board in the Champions League as soon as possible. But two, get these guys actually up to proper speed. Because um, one thing that's been the case with Arsenal so far this season is they haven't really clicked in possession. They haven't been as fluid as they were last season. And I'd say um, that performance on Wednesday was probably their best of the season so far. I, I feel that from when watching you guys this season, I've watched most of your games. Mm-hmm. I feel that you're almost like conserving, like reserving energy because you wanna, you wanna get through this period where you have got all the group stages games. And I, I just feel that from watching Arsenal, I feel that you haven't really got out of first gear. And I no. think maybe he's doing it to reserve as much energy as possible to get through this difficult cluster of games. You got Champions League, then you got the EFL Cup uh, mm-hmm. week after next, I believe. You got the EFL Cup. Yeah. But I, f- I just feel I could be wrong. I just feel that he's just trying to manage their energy right now and get through this period. Yeah, I wouldn't say you're wrong. That's definitely something like an idea that's been floated among Arsenal fans this week. Because, um, as you say, last year it was pretty much an emotional roller coaster from week one, <laughs> really, and and it's just draining. I think for not just fans who are watching the games, but especially for the players. And when you see where it all came crashing down for Arsenal last season, it wasn't because they played terribly. It's because of those split moment decisions where maybe they were a bit emotionally drained. They just weren't on it. So I think that could be um, a reason for it. But it is also definitely a case of, I think, people are waiting to see that more fluid side to Arsenal. Hopefully, um, at some point, they do, say, get into second, third gear. Um, and I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens this weekend, even though you guys wouldn't want that. I do I do think the dynamic between uh, time off versus repetitions is is an interesting debate because, as you, as you say, building rhythm is something that you want to establish as early in the season as possible. But there is also merit in teams that play one game a week mm-hmm. at the upper end of the league, especially if you look back at Chelsea under Conte or many other examples, you, you do get the benefit of actually game planning for your team. And ultimately, a team that plays two games per week, there's more there's more evidence for you to go back and watch tape on. So it could be an interesting uh, tactical battle. I know that uh, Arteta has been tinkering quite a fair bit. Um Obviously, I won't proclaim to have seen all of Arsenal's games this season, so maybe, maybe you could touch on maybe some of the uh, adjustments that he's made this season compared to last, and even on a game by game basis. Yeah, so at, at the start of the season, the big one was um, Thomas Partey and Ben White. So obviously, last year Ben White was playing right back, and what he'd do is he'd just get up the up the wing, either overlapping or underlapping to help Saka. Um, Whereas start of this season, it was Thomas Partey at right back and Ben White moved into centre back. So Gabriel was the one who dropped out from the back four. And 
that's where the real, I guess, the first, I guess, allegations of a lack of fluidity came from because you could see, obviously, Thomas Partey's played there before at Atletico Madrid um, and at times last season, but it just wasn't as natural to him as it was for Ben White. And there were times where it just seemed like Arsenal were just kind of funneling the ball down the right, saying, just pass it to Saka, and then Saka's double, sometimes triple marked, and it just doesn't quite work the same. Um, And that experiment, I guess we'll call it that, um, ran for about two and a half games. And when it stopped was the second half against Fulham, um, when Zinchenko actually came back. He was... He was injured for the first part of the season. Um, he came back off the bench against Fulham and moved to left back. And then uh, Ben White, I think, moved out to right back uh, with Gabriel coming on. Um, and there you just saw Arsenal looked like themselves again, where they're a lot more vertical in their passing because Zinchenko is able to just punch the ball into Erdegaard and then Erdegaard's able to find Saka in so within two passes, you've gone from defence to attack. Uh, that wasn't happening before. Uh, beyond that, I think the other big experiment has been what happens with Kai Havertz. <laughs> um, because there have been times where he started as a midfielder and then ended the game as a striker. And then there's also been the reverse of that, um, which has been quite interesting. And also, I would say frustrating to watch as well at times. Because there are moments where you just think, come on, like if you if you move move a couple more yards, you're scoring. Um and those little moments have been a bit, yeah, frustrating. But beyond that, um, I think Arsenal are now getting to, I guess, a system that's more recognizable for not just their own fans, but people who were I guess, casually watching them last season as well. So um, the lineup that I went through uh, to the other question, that's a lot more in line with um, what people were seeing last season. So um, that's why I said I wouldn't be surprised if I'd see, um, I guess, uh, um, a performance that replicates last season a bit more. Straight out the traps. Yeah, hopefully... uh... That we don't have Spurs fans leaving at half time again, especially our own, uh, <laughs> our own castmates. Uh, Sai, I'll come to you. Obviously, you asked um, a very thought intriguing question there. How are you feeling going into this North London derby? So, your energy going into North London derbies is usually something I feed off. I'm not that much of a passion merchant, nor are you usually, but it seems to just really, really. Um, <laughs> Really I mean, I mean, uh, with all due respect, uh, we have an esteemed guest with us today who is <laughs> clearly a professional, but the energy will forever and always be fuck them in it <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Arsenal. And I, yeah, that's that's pretty much where my head is at. Is my daughter's uh, singing in the background, but gen- generally speaking, these games are are a tale of two homes, really, like at White Hart Lane or, or the Tottenham Hotspur, whatever you want to call it on any given season, we tend to get the rub of the green and the opposite is uh, prevalent for Arsenal. So going into this game, I just want a result. 
if, if I am to be conservative, but I think if we're going to speak about statements of intent or validation of what we've seen from this side over the course of the season, I think we have to turn up and try to play Ange Ball, try and uh, express what it is that we're trying to achieve over this course of the season and ultimately be somewhat fearless. No one expects us to win this fixture. So what what is there to lose? Like, if we if we lose uh, in a plucky, uh, really, really uh, sort of competitive game, people are going to go to work the next day and be pissed. If we lose and get whitewashed, people are going to be pissed the same way, realistically. So as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing to really uh, be conservative about going there. Um, and I do think we have uh, tactical components that can trouble Arsenal. And I think we have personnel who ultimately have a point to prove. So this is the best way for them to do it. Yeah, so one of those personnel, Richie Ladd? Nah, I'm, I'm thinking Yves Basuma because we know the history. We've seen the memes. Uh, he likes to laugh at Arsenal's downfall. So bring that same energy, brother. There we go. There we go. Ash, how are you feeling going into this game? Are we just hoping for like the good, respectable performance, or do you think we can do get you know anything what? out of it? For me, it's obviously we don't like. This is obviously the first big away game that we've had under Ange, and like I don't. For me, I don't know. Well, we're gonna find out, but we don't know yet how these guys how these guys are going to mentally turn up in an in away game, right? Because we know previously under Poch that we've played very good football at home and we've gone to these big away games and we've just not, we've not been at the races, right? So I'm not saying it's going to be the same, but I'm just saying, I don't know what, I honestly, going into this game, I don't know what Spurs I'm going to see. I don't, right? I, I, I hear all of Andrew's words saying we're going to go there and we're going to, we're gonna scare the life out of them and all that, and it all sounds and it all sounds great. And I rate it. You don't want to go there, and, you know what I mean? You want to. I, I rate what Anne said. I know a lot of Arsenal fans are laughing at him, but I rate it. But I'm just saying, I don't know what to expect. I don't know how they're gonna deal with the mental side of things. So we're just gonna to have to wait and see. I, I'm the same. I just hope for a result, draw, a draw, or obviously a win. But yeah, man, I'm the midfield battle is gonna be a good one. The midfield battle is definitely going to be a good one. I just hope that we, I just hope that we go there and like like um, Sai was saying, I just hope we go there. We're we're brave. We're not like we don't just go through the motions and we actually try and play the football that we've been playing, right? Because I mean, looking at looking, I'm not saying that you know Arsenal this and that, but looking at their last few games, they can be got at, and there's no there's no reason as to why we can't hurt them. If we play the way we've been playing, we can cause them problems. And I just hope that we do that and we don't just, you know, go through the motions and just mentally just not turn up. I just want us to go there and turn up. That's fair. That's fair. And, yeah. and everything, you know, physically, being your jewels, right? Just in every aspect of the game, just... Just complete. winning the midfield battle. Huh? One more Not even just midfield, like just, just <laughs> in general, like putting, you know, working hard, running for each other, the players all together, just just go there and 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 give it everything. Because like, give I have passion. Give me that passion. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't want to see none of this, you know, 
none of this shy behavior on the pitch. I want to see them. I, this is this is like, bro, put it this way, yeah? We've had a good start to the season, right? For me personally, from the very start of the season, I put Man United as my biggest underachiever. So I don't really consider that as a, like a big test. This is our first big test of the season, yeah? So I, I need us to rise it. Yeah, I need to see the character in this team. So Fair hopefully, enough. hopefully we see that on Sunday. But lads, who's going to take her penalty? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Listen. I mean, we got no lorries. We got no. Hey, game. This game could end nil nil. This game could end nil. Madison has to take the pen. Madison. <laughs> Madison. No. Well, all I'm saying is, is Big Ange, Big Ange has played. Old firm derbies, man. Like, if if you can't get your team up for a derby after experiencing that, which is way way bigger than football, what are you doing, right? And 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 I know it's I'm, I'm being uh, hyperbolic here, but at the same time, it's like I, I don't go into this game and question whether or not the players are going to show up with heart and desire because we've seen that over the course of this season so far. And I think one of the big markers as to why we stopped seeing it is because we had two miserable bastards in in the dugout. So I, I, I don't really have any 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 sort of reservations about that. I do think this is going to be a a serious like uh, thinking man's game of football more than anything else. Um, Arsenal don't really have players that have that dog in them. We don't really have those type of players either. Bar bar maybe Romero, and I don't really want to see that from him. He's been he's been muzzled uh, like the XL bullies, um, and I've actually wow. quite appreciated it. So um, he hasn't made a foul this season, I believe, right? No, he got he got booked in the last game. Not an official one. <laughs> <laughs> he got booked in the last sorry, game. No, but, uh, sorry, pr- prior to the last game, I don't. Yeah, think... yeah. Well, he he had made a foul, but I don't think he'd been booked, which is uh, or some something along those lines but but yeah i i, I do i do just want to see us actually turn up and play high high quality football that that's that's pretty much my my only prerequisite the the passion the energy the togetherness all of that stuff is a given in at this level with football like if you can't show show up every game and show that sort of uh camaraderie and that teamwork and all of that but it's, you probably it, shouldn't it, be it at this level we've so. lacked, though, in, in, in in recent times so i want to see it we were also lacking in in a distinct style of play, though. So I think all of it, all of it was was uh, reasonable. And the, the only cons- the only concern I have is our lack of options when needing to change the game. That is the only concern I have. But well, that's one of the, it, it just, it's, There's no point really saying like what we can and can't do. It's just more those. We we just have to see when the time comes if we do need to do it. What can we do? But I'm just not 100% confident in our options right now. I'm quietly confident in the Ange refinement package to Brennan Johnson. And I was just in my head just then, I think you alluded to Man United. I'm drawing parallels between obviously Arsenal's home game against Man United and obviously our game now. And I so said, I don't actually doubt that we'll be brave in how we play. I think we will. Uh, I still think regardless of that we're still going to be need to we're still going to need to be clinical in our actions because i think see i'm still going to limit us to us but Art, how did kind of arteta approach that game against uh, man united and kind of how did he press given man united's like only threat essentially being on the counter attack 
Yeah, that was probably the biggest point of interest for me in that game. Um, because obviously all the talk about Manchester United has been, oh, Onana's in, so now they're going to start playing out from the back. I know you guys are, are doing that to a much better standard than they are, but it is something that I am almost looking forward to seeing how it pans out because Arsenal haven't really played against a team who wants to, or let me rephrase that, who is able to play <laughs> play uh, proper football against them because Manchester United tried it, but for most of that, especially the first half, their passes were just in their own defensive third and they couldn't get out. Um, I'm sure there will be times where Tottenham are able to get out, but I'm also um, quite uh, confident in the way that Arsenal press because they really do hunt in packs now. Um, And I feel like, and this is not to discredit Tottenham in any way, they're just very early in that kind of... um, evolution period I'd call it um so I feel like there may be some moments where Arsenal can really um almost just uh like hyper beam their way onto the ball and steal it really high and try and almost lift the crowd that way Um, I do feel you guys will push very high up the pitch yeah so I again it's just something that I'm interested to see to see play out because it hasn't really happened um so far this season in any game Arsenal have played. Um and I guess we'll just see are Arsenal happy to well actually to be fair, um there was some talk about it earlier on at the press conference whether Arsenal would be happy to kind of allow Tottenham to play or would they want to dominate and the vibe was Arsenal would want to dominate. Um, so whoever's able to do that first, I think that will probably set the tone and then how the other team reacts. That's what I'm interested in. So um, I personally, uh, it's really kind of funny to see that everyone's mood going into the games, because for me, I'm someone who's quite confident in the days before the game. And then the closer it gets to kickoff, the more I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> I'm going I'm to lose my mind. Um, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Is there any, is, is there any uh, personnel or are there any personnel in our team that you would identify as the pressing trigger? I don't want to like sound harsh, but Romero is the one. I I just I know Arsenal actually their press is better on the right hand side, but <laughs> both I think just I know you guys were talking about how he's not made or wasn't booked until last weekend and stuff like that, but both on the ball and off the ball I just feel like he's so rash, and I know you guys watch him a lot more than me and Arsenal fans in general, um, but I just feel. Yeah, when the is only, there? The only, part, the only part I'd, I'd, I'd disagree with is him being rash on the ball. It's actually okay. the total opposite. He's just okay. super casual. All right. Has been, has been in a lot of moments. I think. So my, my evidence is just the North London derbies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> no, but, but, but it, it, I, I have no disagreements in terms of it. In that back line, I think he is the least press-resistant player because I think he... He has improved in 
not underestimating or overestimating his teammates. Okay. So he has an uncanny ability to almost fire a disguise pass into the likes of uh, Pierre Hoybier or guys like Emerson or just totally cut off a whole side of the pitch if he sees the glory ball, which is the one to the left back or the one to the left wing. Okay. And I've already seen him do that quite a few times this season. Uh, the difference is, is Adogi plays a lot further infield. So that ball doesn't have to be 30 yards. It can be 20 and it okay. looks nice. So he feels nicely vindicated for uh, having the Argentinian uh, <laughs> vibe about him. But for that whole back line and, and the defensive midfield, I would definitely identify Romero as that pressing trigger, and hopefully uh, Arteta hasn't done his homework this this, uh, this season. I know he's this the like really, really, really intense uh, supply teacher, but I'm hoping that <laughs> he hasn't necessarily done all of his due diligence before this uh, lesson. So, cool. so yeah, he would be the guy. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, it made me laugh. And to give you context on that reaction from Sir, when you said Romero was the pressing trigger, uh, is uh, because there's been a bit of an agenda and debate either way about uh, Romero, <laughs> especially at the end of last season, that Sai was okay. super, super critical of him. Oh, really? For this reason. Um, I think he's a very good player. But at, to be fair, so the reason why I maybe I'm surprised by that is because just from what I see, and again, I'm not in the Tottenham bubble, but it seems like he's held up as the guy. Um, he is the guy. It's because he it's because he, he, he does he does all the things that uh proper defenders do. <laughs> meaning, is, meaning he leaves his position but, and he clatters players. So this is this is oh, now he's shook. It's he lost, fans, he lost season, but, yeah. You see, last season, <laughs> last season we was in a bad moment. He was playing next to Dyer, Ericsson, uh, sorry, Dyer, Emerson, cleaning up after Hoiberg. We were just in a bad moment as a team, and he was bad. At, at times, mm. he was bad, and I will admit that, but I know what his real level is. Okay. And I know this season he's going to... Romero Hive, we're coming back. We're coming <laughs> I bloody back. hope so. Cause, cause <laughs> we are coming back. The thing is, I'm, first, I'm more... First one replaced. <laughs> I am more pro-Romero personally, but I do agree with the assessment that he probably is our pressing trigger. Just based on... From what I see of him, he doesn't really put the scars in his passes. Like he, he always passed the way he's facing. So that'll make it, I guess, more favourable for Arsenal to cut off angles, but he does get away with it. But he has got away with it this season through um, it being a loser. So we have more options and better options to, for him to pass the ball to. And he, has a, he actually has a good variety of pass, I think. He like, does. He, he's got, he, pass, he is a good pass A good ball. switch. He can punch a ball in between the lines quite well. But it will, it will always be the way he's facing without fail. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah. And... For me to be, I guess, a bit more positive about Tottenham, the guy that I'm probably most fearful of is James Madison. Um, I I was so just like, why has he gone there? Not from a, like, Tottenham can't sign a guy like that. But no, just, we've said the pretty yeah. much the same, to be fair. I was just like, oh, why there? But um, to be fair to him, he's started really well and he's obviously a quality player. Um, so if he's... I guess, picking up those positions in between the lines. Obviously, that's going to be a massive job for not just Declan Rice, but I'd also say Saliba and or Ben White as well to lock off that kind of left half space zone 
that he likes to kind of get into. So, um, yeah, there's a bit of, I guess, positivity going your way. <laughs> do, you know, um, do you know something I, I don't want us to do yet? And it's, well, maybe not not in every phase of play. I'm Listen, me personally, I'm not a big fan of building up with two inverted fullbacks. Not a big fan of it, mm-hmm. right? I, I understand one, but doing two at the same time, I'm not a big fan of it because you lose the ball. There's acres of space out wide for 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 players to attack, and you don't want to be giving that that kind of space to Martinelli or even Trossard and Saka, right? Yeah. And there was moments in the United game, especially where we had both fullbacks inverted. We lost the ball. I think it was Poro that lost it twice yeah. in build up, right? United were in. If if they had. If they had a better player than Garnacho on that side on that day, we would have been in trouble, right? Yes. So I'm me personally. I hope I haven't seen Ange change it up yet. I've always just seen the two inverted, the two inverted, the two inverted. I have. Huh? When? I have. Even against Sheffield United, Poro started further out wide, and it was only a doggy. And then um, in the second half, he switched it to both inverted. No, in in the second half, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did notice that in the second, but. I just hope, yeah, going into this Arsenal game, let's just be wary of that mm-hmm. because they they do like if you look at their wide forwards, they're probably the top two or three most threatening in the league. So, you know, the last thing you want to do is do this two inverted press uh, building up game, uh, building out from the back. They win the ball high up the pitch. The crowd gets going. And then you give them these half chances on uh, or, or in these quick transitions. That's not, you don't want to be doing that. Yeah. So that United game, so I remember those situations with Poro. And that's why that kind of idea of, okay, let Tottenham play is in my head. But also, um, I'm not sure if you guys watched the Community Shield. Um, it's no problem. Yeah, no problem if you didn't, because if it was Tottenham playing, I probably probably wouldn't have watched it. Um, but Arsenal slightly switched it away. They were pressing in that game. So usually it's kind of like a almost like a four four two, and then everyone will kind of go towards the ball side um, and guide it towards the corner. Whereas in that game, it was actually more like a four three three. But Declan Rice was part of the front three. So it was him, Erdegaard and Havertz who was up front that day. And again, against Manchester City, the, I guess the main aim for them was not to allow them through the middle. Um, so they were actually, again, just through a different way, trying to force them to the side of the pitch. And I think it'll be really interesting to see, again, if you do the double inverted, um, if Arsenal try and push Declan Rice further up again, um, it may not happen because in that game, he was also playing as a left eight rather than a six, which he's been doing for the uh, majority of the season. Um, but it's just something that popped in my head. So I thought I'd mention it. Yeah, it's definitely worth mentioning because uh, the reason why I brought up pressing in the first place is because we tend to be quite slow starters as well. Like we tend to have managed to make the amendments and fix things going into the second half. I'd say the Bournemouth game is the only game I think I'd say we've started well, but other than that, it's been a little bit um, just tentative and 
players not attacking spaces quick enough, us not being brave enough with our passes. And it's only when we get into a rhythm after making a few little changes, then we start to really play. Um, so obviously with Arsenal, started, traditionally traditionally starting well against us at the Emirates, it's, it's typically when they do most of the damage to us as well. That's That's my main fear. We didn't start oh, yes. that United game well at all, I remember. This is what I'm saying. Um, but, all right, lads, we're getting up to the hour mark now. And obviously, I just want to do the the boring part now. We've broken up the game and talked tactics and lineups and stuff. But what are our score predictions? Sai, I'll, uh, I'll start with yourself. Jeez. <laughs> I, don't usually, I don't usually even do these anymore. Um, I don't, you don't even like them, do you? I don't really like them. I'd rather do a combined 11 so I can... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> be here for another hour. I was thinking yeah. about it. But... <laughs> um, I would say, oh gosh, for me it has like a two-two written on it. Uh, just given the way that both teams have started, I do feel like we can hurt them. I think on the counter, especially um, if we can get Sun into positions to be running in behind. I, I can just see Sun showing up and really, really relishing the opportunity to show, do you know who I am energy again? So um, <laughs> I want to see a lot of that. But but yeah, a 2-2 would be my like heart uh, type of prediction. My head, we won't get into that. <laughs> and uh, Ash? Oh, man. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm thinking. And I'm just going to say it. I don't see us winning. I'll be very honest. I obviously, you know, want us to, to, to come away with something, ideally a win, fully supporting them. But I just don't think we're going to win on Sunday. I'll be very honest. Fair enough, fair enough. But was there a school prediction in that? I mean, it's fair that you wouldn't uh, expect uh, us to win there. We haven't won there in 30 years. I'll go 2-1. 1-3, 1-3. Okay, fair enough. That's a nice, nice prediction for us. And uh, Art, if you were being very objective and unbiased, how are you feeling? I, I really don't want to come across arrogant when I say this. Just do it. Uh, Just do it. Make I, it all clear. I feel like it'll be 3-1. As I said earlier, I don't think Arsenal are going to keep a clean sheet. Um, I, I just feel Arsenal have been gearing up this week. And this feels like similar to last year where it was just like a moment where everything went bang. I, I feel like it's going to happen again. Um, and that's not to kind of discredit the work Ange has done because again, even from here, <laughs> we can see the progress that's been made. Um, we're on the same points tally at the minute. Both have had really respectable starts to the season. I just feel once Arsenal get the first, there may be just a moment. And this is another point on Rice. Um, people just latched onto his goal against Manchester United. But during the game, there are loads of different points where he just does something that lifts the, the whole stadium. I think there will be quite a few moments like that where Arsenal just kind of get another gear to them. And I feel like the game may run away from Tottenham. But um, again... Don't mean that in a disrespectful way. <laughs> I just think that's, that's fair, fair, uh, fair, fair points. 
Hey man, I, I sort of wish it was disrespectfully because <laughs> make, make, make the energy that much sweet. <laughs> hey man, I've, I've, we've all got your at as well, so we, we, we... yeah, <laughs> yeah, send me all the abuse. <laughs> well, no, fair enough. Um, art, oh, it's been a huge pleasure having having you on the stream here. Thank you for the insight and the energy. Um, thank you to my lovely co-hosts, Insight and Ash. Um, just oh, for right, housekeeping right. on the outro, um, Ash's home debut as well. Um, Thank you. We'll see. Find us on TikTok and Instagram at New Spurs Order. We're still putting up more content there. Um, mostly active on the Twitter. Find us uh, with releasing the audio uh, every Saturday morning. So you'll be listening to this now, thinking, why are you telling me this when I'm already listening to it? But yeah. Every Saturday morning, New Spurs order, and we're getting the Patreon content coming as well. So again, at New Spurs order. But for now, um, come on, you Spurs, and peace. Take care, lads. On debut, on Dombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.